what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast this week. I am your host, Matt Guest, in Las Vegas, back in the home studio. We had solid quality last time. Not bad. Uh, did a little magic. <laughs> you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was... I, I mean, we put it out, man. I was proud of you. Did it from the car at the hotel <laughs> in Milwaukee. Um, glad you made it back. I think you're dealing with a little sickness, so we'll run through another kind of quicker one here. Uh, just some jet lag, some travel. It, it happens, dude. You got to get back to work this week. It sucks, man. But Matt Morris, how you doing, my friend? What's well, good? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm I'm really disappointed in my Lions. I texted Ooh. you Sunday, and Second I was quarter, like, probably fucking don't, maybe don't, third quarter, you, bitch, fucking Lions are, are are guaranteed win." And like, as soon as I sent it, I was like, did I, "Am I going to regret this?" Yep, sure did. Um, and I and then I started watching the game, and dude, the way they just handled their third downs, their fourth downs, uh, was disgusting. But I will <laughs> say this: Jeff Okudo, his yeah. ability to shut down J. Jeff. Um, extremely, extremely encouraging. You know, he tore the Achilles last year. Big question mark. We talked about fifth overall pick, very highly tied prospect at Ohio State. Held him to, I think, like, I think he had like 58% completion. Yeah, like 30-something like yards, maybe. 50 yards. Not even yards. It was it was something crazy, like two catches, nine yards, when he was in sole single coverage with him. Um, but listen, Lions like what they did. I'm more stoked on the Jaguars, and I think we're going to talk about them a little bit today. Yeah, we will. Um, the Lions made their Lions mistakes, you know, but uh, that was a that was a Dan Campbell L and he in typical Dan Campbell fashion. I don't know if you saw it in his press conference. He basically said, yeah, that was on me. I regret a couple decisions I made, but we will get better moving forward. If I'm a Lions fan, I'm stoked. We'll get to your daily uh, Lions take later on in the episode. But at the end of the day, man, they look good and the lions don't want to make the playoffs this year like i know they're right there they're on the cusp i'm an amon ross st brown owner like i fucking love the kid but one more year one more year of rogers getting older then go attack the top of that division that that would be my plan um but let's jump right into it brother let's get right into last week's we're gonna mix it up a little bit from doing like a recap because we didn't ask as many questions while you were in the car we just both have our best and worst of week four so do you want to start with the good or the bad from what you saw sorry from week three not week four but the good or the bad from what you saw last week where do you want to start i mean we started off with the bad um okay you go for me personally that that Bears uh, Texans game was a really good show me game for where these two teams were in development stages. You know, Montgomery goes down early. Thought is okay. You can take the run game out of the equation right away. Uh, not so much, right? Yep. It's Herbert, correct? I'm saying the la- yep. Herbert goes for, I think, like 150 yards on 30 plus carries, like really goes out there and paves the way for what the Bears ended up having as a victory. Uh, but disappointment, I think, from my perspective, is the same thing with identity. Houston doesn't necessarily have an identity on offense or on defense. You know, they're not really getting um, pierced the ball as much as I would like. And also they're not allowing Davis Mills to throw the ball deep as much as I would like either. Like this is a team I think that's really trying to find who they are. Um, And you don't have those grindy players on defense. You had reached out to me that Singletary was really impressing you, which I haven't really actually seen some of his plays this year. So I kind of want to get your take on him. Stingley, sorry, Stingley. Um, but outside of Stingley, that defense, much like we've talked about with maybe the Lions, doesn't have a whole lot of playmakers. Like they're going to need to continue to fill that pipe throughout the next couple of drafts to build 
into that defense to maybe give Davis Mills an opportunity to stay as a starter. Yeah, and I think the identity goes with the coaching. And no disrespect to Lovey Smith. Um, I like mm-hmm. Lovey, but you kind of know what you're going to get from him, right? The new younger regime in Chicago is building a foundation, a run first. We are trying to figure out Justin Fields. He's still really shaky. He's still really rocky, but Equinemius St. Brown is his number one. I mean, I think maybe because I'm high on Justin Fields, I think I may just keep making excuses for him all season, man, because you can, right? Um, But yeah, I think the winner of that game, not just in the game, but where are we in two, three years, has to be the Bears. Davis Mills did not have a good game for reasons I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, man, I I agree with you. It it was a little disappointing in the Texans. You and I both picked them against the spread. So I mean, we ended up winning there. But I think you and I both were expecting an outright, outright win from them and a little bit of dominance, which I think we maybe need to lower our expectations about that team. Well, and this is two weeks in a row now that the Bears have come out and put together a good running attack, right? They did it against the Packers. They did it against Houston. Yeah. And from from what we saw on Sunday with Fournette, like, don't get me wrong, I think the Packers have shirt up a lot of their holes on on the run game, which just is an attribute to what the Bears have done. You know, like their their attack is working. They do not have a good offensive mm-hmm. line. So the scheme must also be working. I mean, I don't think about Montgomery as a great running back. I don't think about Herbert as a great running back, but yet both of them went out and had big games, one against a good defense, one against a lackluster defense. Um, but to your your point of finding the identity, the Bears have it at yep. least. You know, I think about Mooney out there as supposedly the supposed to be number one wide receivers on the on the Bears. He's had three very disappointing weeks to start the season. And Brown is the guy out there, right? I mean, he had the really good reception the first uh, drive against the Packers. You know, he's the guy that I think Fields is going to lean on a little bit taller, a little bit more built in that first number one wide receiver role as well. Um, so from my perspective, the Bears over the next couple of years have to build around fields and give him a couple of weapons. He's not Aaron Rodgers, and you can't expect that to be the case. And with that being said, you've got to bring some weapons in for him so that they can do more play action. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. And I'll jump into my um, my bad, my worst of week three, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders, man. I um, dude, I I put a lot on them this weekend, to be honest with you, I had expected them to be at least having one win at this point in the season. And then coming into Tennessee, I was like, all right, this is the identity of the team here. They're going to bounce back. I know they're playing. I don't, I think Tennessee Nashville is Eastern standard time. So they're going to be three hours out of their time zone playing a 10 AM game local time. But Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, Devontae, obviously right. And that defense will slow down Tennessee. Um, they let Derek Henry get going. Tannehill had big passes when he needed to have him. And they found themselves in a hole they couldn't dig themselves out of. I know they had a chance with the two-point conversion at the end of the game, but that's not how you win consistently in the NFL. And, you know, the two big questions are, is Josh McDaniels a good head coach or just a great offensive coordinator? And we've been asking it since the offseason, like, is Derek Carr just in that same level as the Jared Goffs of the world, right? Like, is he just good enough but never great you know or have the potential to lead a team deep into the playoffs even golf got to a super bowl i know the coaching staff's different but my biggest disappointment has to be the las vegas raiders man i did not see them going zero three and they are in grave danger of their season falling apart here in the next two or three weeks because it's not getting any easier no it's not getting any easier and honestly there was a there was a post by the juice on instagram that said the Raiders by far were the most favored in terms of their win-loss record with BetMGM. It was something like $580 million. 91, 92% of the population that put their bets down was on the over, 
it's $580 million that people are going to lose. I would not be surprised if the Raiders don't win four games <laughs> at this point. They're not, they're not, their secondary mm-hmm. is not good. Hollins is their number one. How? I don't know. Hunter Renfro well, has been almost taken out of the equation well, the first well, three weeks. Renfro didn't play last week. He was out. And then if you watch the okay. game, so I had the red zone on my phone, and I was the Raiders were the local game out here, which is funny because I'm sure they weren't out there for you. Because, well, you weren't there, but anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, they were rolling three guys at Devontae. And I saw a comment by him mm. after the game, and he's like, hey, look. This isn't anything new for me. They were doing the same thing in Green Bay. They were rolling two. They were rolling three at me, and we're still able to make it happen, which I think is a direct shot at the head coach. I don't necessarily think that's a direct shot at Derek, right? It has a little bit of Derek in there, but hey, we need to find a way to get the man the ball. I think he got a catch and a touchdown to start the game just like week two, and then nothing. You know, that's unacceptable for a guy that you're paying all this money to and um you know you're seeing a little buyer's remorse out of Devonte. so uh as as a selfish packer fan i enjoy that but as a lover of Devonte adams and a believer that he's still the best receiver in the league um it does it does suck to see it's early though well it's early but this division doesn't right. get any easier you know we've talked about our concerns with the broncos here they are they're two and one you know they've fought some really hard tested games they beat houston which was you know oh good for them and they found a way to find a victory this Sunday as well, or this week as well, excuse me. But um, I, my concern is that this division is going to eat them alive, and they're going to slowly cannibalize themselves in that locker room. Devontae has never had to be a polarizing personality in the locker room in a negative right. regards. But every every single week that goes by that he realizes he made a mistake, he's going to become more and more agitated. Um, and I, it'll be interesting for me to follow that storyline and to see if he becomes kind of a cancerous personality within that organization. At this point, I'm expecting within the end of 2023 season, he'll be gone. I think the relationship with Derek Carr will probably be severed at that point because um, you're watching it play out firsthand. Derek Carr is not a great quarterback. We talked about that last year. You know, some of the MVP mm-hmm. talk that Derek had earlier in the season, it was like, yeah, but this isn't really Derek. The games I've watched because he's my my local market, it's like, damn. He shows some flashes, but like he's just not good. You know, like same thing with Baker at times. Just shows some flashes, but you're like, God, most of the time, 80% of the time, he's just not what you need on the field. Well, like, you know, you have Cooper Rush over here in, in Dallas making throws that I don't think Derek can even make. Um, so it's it's gonna be really interesting. 0 and three at this point, four to six wins is what I'm expecting. Um, they're gonna have to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, you know, the Broncos, like. To me, that could be six losses. You know, I know they've already played the Chargers. Yeah, well, so, they, know, they played the Chargers, losses, and the Chargers just lost five Pro Bowlers. Hey, you're shit out of luck. You know, the Chargers yeah. are one and two, and they're in the hole as well right now. Um, we'll get to them in a second, but I'm glad you brought up Cooper Rush because that's who I was thinking of too, and it's not even the throws. Like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that Carr can't make the throws Rush can't. I know what he can't do is have the poise that Cooper Rush has in the pocket. And I think that is the 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 big advantage that Dallas has right now with this backup quarterback in comparison to Carr in the pocket. Rush in the pocket looks like a 10-year veteran back there. And yes, he's making good throws. He's got great touch. I'm high on him, real high on him. But that's something that was a problem with Carr, something that didn't get alleviated with getting, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league. And um, it's going to be a long, long next three, four weeks for the Raiders if they can't get this thing turned around. And McDaniels will be on the hot seat before you know it. Well, and the big thing I take away from Rush in comparison to Carr, it's the zip. I said it to you. I only got to watch a little bit of the game last night because I wasn't feeling great. But the play action where where CD Lamb dropped the ball, I mean, that ball was on yeah. fire. 
headed towards him. I mean, he, hit, he could have fit right that in with, you know, with the safety yeah. right in between. And my big concern with Derek over the last couple of years when I've watched him is when he's thrown the ball, he's putting so much energy and effort into trying to get that ball 15, 20 yards downfield. It doesn't have a whole lot of zip on it. You know, it, the arm strength is, is really coming to question for me, and it wasn't really a big deal until you get Devontae Adams. But if you look at the difference between Rodgers' ability and the rest of the league, it's always been his ability to zip the ball in, right? Um, Favre had that as well. You know, Mahomes Brady has still that. has it too. Um, Brady's got it too when he needs it, especially on short and yeah. intermediate routes. Herbert's got it. Derek Card is not. And to me personally, Cooper does. Now, again, these quarterbacks can get away without having that. Jared Goff doesn't have much zip on his ball, right? That's a big concern that I think we've seen with his time in LA. Now with the Detroit Lions, a little different, but um, starting to kind of evaluate the quarterback position a little bit differently because of that. And I, I do think Derek's probably a better quarterback than Cooper, but just these small traits that make a big difference because when Devontae's triple teamed, you got to fit that ball into a really tight window. And like maybe Derek Carr doesn't have the confidence within himself to throw yeah, that ball. No, for sure. I love that. I, I I can get behind that and agree with you there, my friend. Um, Let's get to the best of week three, though. Like, what was your one thing that you took away? You're like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm so fired up that this happened in week three. For me, it's easy. Week three's biggest performer, you know, most excitement is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think we have a bona fide superstar. Uh, eventually, eventually, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put the crown on him yet, but we're starting to really see what that first overall pick, uh, could be. We're also starting to see the, the storyline unfold, right? He tied Manning for most interceptions in his rookie season, how the terrible head coaching carousel that was down there and circus that was urban Meyer. Uh, here they are coming out of the gates, coming out very strong. I like the offense. I still think there's a lot of work that needs to be done down there. And by no means am I going to say that they're a Super Bowl contender, but I do think they are truly a playoff contender now because of Trevor Lawrence. That defense is playing very good. They're very young, right? I think that's going to have to be time-tested as the season goes on to see if head coaches can make adjustments and take advantage of some of these younger kids. But if Trevor Lawrence continues to develop like he has so far this season. We're going to be talking about Lawrence as a top 10 quarterback going into yeah, next year. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And um, I have a different one than you, but I, I love... I, I can't disagree with you on most exciting thing that happened in week three is um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what I was looking into today, and this is kind of, I'm glad that you brought this up as them being your number one for week three is um, their shocking similarity to the Cincinnati Bengals team of last year, right? The Bengals end up starting out the season three and two, right? They come out, look pretty good at the beginning of the year. It's their first or excuse me, their second year with Joe Burrow with the head coach that they can finally install their offense. This is going to be the big test for them coming into this week. They're going to Philadelphia. If you rewind to last year, the Cincinnati Bengals hosted the Green Bay Packers and should have beaten them. But it was your first real test against a, a great team, right? The Packers are one of the top teams in the NFL in the other conference where you're like, dang, Cincinnati has a really fun, nice team, right? They went and beat the shit out of the Chargers. I know the Chargers are banged up. They lost Slater. They lost Bosa. Herbert wasn't 100%. They're falling apart. But if they can go into Philadelphia, cover this six and a half point spread, have a chance to win it or lose it because of an interception or something dumb, we'll revisit this here come January, come playoff times, when they win the AFC South this year and maybe make a run just like the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Well, and this is a thing. They're playing the worst division 100%. football. I mean, it it is bad. Well, hold on real quick. I, I, to that point, Matt, Lawrence or Matt Ryan? Lawrence or Tannehill? Lawrence or our guy, yeah. Dougie Mills? Davey Mills? 
you're probably to, yeah, as of what I mean, Trevor's it, doing right now, you're taking Lawrence. The Jaguars are top 10 in offensive yards, passing, rushing, and points for, and they're only giving up around 14, 15 points a game right now. That is a playoff well, caliber, Super Bowl caliber team. It's crazy. It's early. I get it, but still. It's early, but you know, I, I mentioned Trevor is my biggest takeaway from week three. But you know, even give respect to the rest of this this franchise and this roster. James Robinson to Dude. come back from that Achilles. Massive. Bawling. I mean, he hasn't lost a beat, right? And it, well, shocking, right? We're seeing more and more athletes come back from these Achilles injuries and be just what they were. We talked about Akuda. We've talked about Durant on this on this podcast many times. I think that's Akers a really is encouraging looking good sign again for now pro too. sports in general. Acres, you know, he got in the end zone this past week. Uh, but James Robinson, right? They've got their feature back back. I think we were all kind of naive to think, oh, it's ETN season, <laughs> right? James Robinson will never be right. the same. I was fantasy guys. And it's like, well, no, Robinson's still the same guy, you know? And that's a huge piece for, for Trevor Lawrence to be able to trust, you know, at the end of the season, didn't have him. Um, to be able to utilize ETN more and more and more throughout the season is just going to add another weapon. You know, Zay Jones playing really well. Another 11 targets this past week three. Your boy, you know, dude, Christian you Kirk love seven Zay. Targets. I, we love Zay. This is a big Zay, Zay podcast for sure, dude. But you love like, Zay. The, and he, I yeah. love Zay. And it, it's crazy because he, he's doing it with, you know, we've said this many times, guys that are, you know, good players, veterans. Zay's a good veteran player. Um, as a number one, we talked about his ability in, in Vegas last year, but probably probably better than including a St. Brown there 100%. in Chicago. Sorry, I butchered yeah. your name, bud. Um, but, but there's a lot of opportunity, I think on this, on this team to, to advance. And the last thing I'll say is I'm really looking forward to what this Jags defense looks like Boom. on Sunday, because I think we're finally going to know after this coming week, if they can stifle Jalen hurts, we're talking about, you know, maybe a better team than the Bengals last year. And again, it's just a matter of when do you get hot and how do those matchups sure. line up? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the phone or on here, actually, um, just about the receivers, even though with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, they have real receivers and real pro guys now. No offense to the Leviscus yep. Chanel to the world, right? Or Marvin Jones, who can't stay healthy. Like, these are legit receivers. And if you go ask the Arizona Cardinals right now if they wish they could have brought back Christian Kirk, I guarantee you they say they wish they could because they need him. Right. Well, and I'm going to say this. No, sorry to cut you off. $30 million, a first and a second. I might have just resigned. Yeah. Zay. I mean, fuck. Why not? Right. <laughs> like, I, you I, know what I mean, though? Like, he's putting up similar numbers to what a prime Devante would. I'm not saying he's prime Devante. I love you, Zay, but you're, you know, that's a long way to go. But that's a lot to give up for a guy that's productive as a number one. Dude, for sure. 100%. Um, and then, man, I, I have to give my flowers. I've been on the fence about it, but I'm glad you brought the Jaguars because this is the game of the week as we go into week four matchups here. Um, dude, it, how is it not the, the, the Phillies? How is it not the Eagles, dude? I mean, say what you want. I don't think they'll be the same team at the end of the season. We'll see the Packers play them. They have a layup for the rest of the, the schedule for the rest of the year, but Jalen Hurts goes for 340. Devontae Smith, another 150 burger. AJ Brown's balling out. They might have the best defensive line in football. Um, they're real, man. The, the Philadelphia Eagles are no joke. They embarrass the commanders. Um, they're playing like they want to go win a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is playing like a guy that's saying, hey, pay me $40 million a year, a la Lamar Jackson as well, right? Um, I think my biggest winner of, of week three is the Philadelphia Eagles. 
not taking their foot off the gas. I took the commanders because I thought division opponent at home as a dog. Philly's going to come out, sleepwalk this game. <sighs> Idiot. What Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> they look great. Hertz looks like he can be a pocket passer. Let's see the Jags this week. Let's see what that matchup can be. But my biggest winner from week three is, is the Philadelphia Eagles, man. They look like the best team in football right now, today. Yeah, I mean, they, they look great, and there's there's a lot of time to be tested, but I think what you're seeing is, you know, Jalen here in year three, you're really stepping up, taking advantage of the opportunity, um, and, and finally understanding the NFL at a real rate. And sure, he doesn't have the same arm ability that some of the great ones in the league do, but he has the ability to obviously be that rushing threat. While watching some of the Cowboys-Giants game last night, you saw um, Davey just run <laughs> all over the field. Daniel Jones had the ability, you know, drop back in the pocket. The pocket's collapsing. Okay, I'm just going to run for 15 yards because they're leaving the middle of the field wide open. And that's something where Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to get 20, 25 yep. on you. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from this Eagles team is that their running game is just going to be so devastating to try and stop. You look at the two best defenses that I've seen in the NFC right now, and they played each other this Sunday, Packers and Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they can they take they do a really good job of overall balanced defense. The problem is, from the Eagles' perspective, you have the ability to kill yourself with the running game with your running backs, Gainwell, Sanders, as well as Hurts, but then Hurts' ability to have two premier wide receivers exactly. on the outside. With, and a top um, five tight end, too, the new man. Emergence like of Goddard's, Watkins. you yep. know, I, I don't think he's... Let's let's talk about this, then we'll get to week four. Uh, sorry, just real quick. Quick thought here, Matt, is can, can we dismiss the argument that Kittle is in the tier one? I like Kittle. He's too injury prone for me. It's Mark Andrews and Kelsey. And everyone else. I know this is a full-blown tangent here. This wasn't on the agenda. But can we just please get it out of the conversation that Kittle's in the top tier of tight ends? Kelsey and Andrews are just so much better, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And But I want to change your perspective here a little bit because I get where you're at. But think about Kittle and his big games because he always has two or three big right. games a year. It always lets, puts him back into tier one of the classification. Yes. But also wrap your head around the fact that Lamar Jackson's top five quarterback in the NFL. Lock it in, right? I think there's no argument right. there. Lock, right. lock it in. Patrick Mahomes, top five quarterback in the NFL. Lock it in. What if Kittle had Aaron Rodgers? You know, even if he only plays eight, nine, ten games a year. Like, I, th I think it all comes down to the fact that he's had Jimmy G and Trey Lance throwing him the ball over the last three, four years. And, like, it, it sucks to say, but, like, from a talent perspective – I absolutely think he's still up there. He just got kind of the shit under the stick. Mark Andrews and Kelsey have two top five quarterbacks. Like, of course, they're going to be Man. the two elite tight ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I think we could say that for a, like a lot of players in the NFL. You just never really got to see what they could have been because they just landed on rosters where they're not there. Now, if we look at this from a scope of the reality of things, I agree with you. You know, he's not because of the circumstances he's placed in. Um, and that sucks. But the only reason I wanted to change your perspective a little bit is because we have seen absolutely monster games from him and monster games sometimes when the 49ers absolutely needed it. Uh, it just sucks because he is injury ridden and he's got mediocre. Quarterback I, I can play. I totally agree. I think my one rebuttal to that that we can end this on because once again, this is a full tangent just came in my head here um, <laughs> is that game on the line goal to go for Mahomes for Lamar are those guys where I don't think Kittle would be the guy for his team. That's the difference for me. Yeah, the 49ers are also very different I get it. offense. I get it. I get you it. Know, Shanahan's out I here trying to be 
funny and you know tr- tricky and quirky um that's that's why i said like think about putting kittle with rogers or think about putting kit think about putting kittle with hertz take take kittle and goddard and change that equation it's a little still, bit it's still it's still aj kittle. brown before him it's still maybe even Devonte smith kelsey had hill and it was still kelsey you know yeah, but Hill also wasn't like an AJ Brown. You know, AJ Brown's a big physical wide receiver that can go up and play play the ball at the catch point. Yeah. You know, like Hill's a very it's a hard point to, to make there. And then if you look at the same thing with Hollywood Brown, um, for the Ravens when he was their number one, very similar argument, right? Like, so the perspective of these tight ends being the number one option is because they were literally the best player at at the wide receiver or tight end position on their team. Um, because Tyreek was such a gadget type downfield threat, third level. I I like Kittle and I agree with you. Like he he just doesn't stay healthy enough for me to be in That's that top the tier. Like thing, when I'm looking fantasy too, like Waller, same thing. I think when I Waller's on the field and he's a fully healthy, like I agree. damn, he's he's scary. He might even be more physically talented to me than Mark Andrews. But Mark Andrews knows how to play the position better. He knows how to block better. He knows how to secure the catch better. He knows how to take contact and run after the after that contact better. Like, but it's all about where you land in this league. And I think there are countless players. And this may be a podcast we do during our downtime of looking back in the last twenty years and saying, "What if?" You know, like, what if this player had landed with this guy? We used to say that a lot when Brett Favre had no wide receivers, right? Right, quote unquote. Like, what if Randy had right. fallen there? But um kittle like it sucks you're a 49er <laughs> like you signed that contract you, know, you signed that I extension love you. it sucks you're yeah he looks so good yeah. but yeah good, good luck you hit around the head there in nashville Brees hall same deal you know well we can and, go um, down we can go down and zay jones yeah, for sure zay, look at zay like too. with, ball, with uh, the bills yeah well i mean kirk had murray but yeah. um the reason I say Zay because Zay was a first round pick for the Bills and like that was in the midst of their quarterback. Yeah, Tyrod kind of, when he got know. picked, yeah. Maybe Fitz Yeah, and, like probably just, Tyrod. Probably Tyrod. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Same thing as Burks, right? Like just he had to get out of town and find a good organization and then like make a name for himself and then sign a contract and be the number one. Like, you know, we shit on some of these guys sometimes and we totally discredit their ability because sometimes they just fall into a, a negative circumstance. Yep. All right, let's get to week four. That was fun. <laughs> All right, Matthew, week four is here. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Rejoice every Sunday that you get to watch games. Enjoy the red zone. Enjoy the ups. Enjoy the downs. Enjoy texting me being mad about the Packers, me responding being mad about the Packers, but them still winning anyways, and we know they will break (laughs) our hearts in about three months. Yay. Um, But yeah, we have a couple really, not a couple, a few really, really good games we want to go over here. Uh, We're going to start this segment here with the Thursday games going to the 10 a.m. games our time and then we will talk about the afternoon games as well as the prime time extravaganzas um prime videos doing it right bro i know it was the steelers uh browns last week but it was still a pretty decent game good matchup this weekend or this thursday another freaking banger dude this game is so good miami cincinnati i know two is a little banged up but we're gonna go over this with the assumption that he does play cincinnati has everybody healthy um, I know Mixon's dealing with an ankle, but he should be fine. He's going to play. He's been dealing with it all season. And then uh, the receivers for Miami are good, man. What'd you say? that You got the number at four right now. Miami is a four-point underdog, yeah? 
Yeah, I'm on FoxSports.com, Fox Sports, given okay. the the breakdown for uh, for everything. It's, you know, they're branding it as FoxBet because everyone's got Fox their own betting bet. platform. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Is Trump in charge of that? But <laughs> I've got uh, over under 47, which isn't bad i think that's, that's probably, probably right where it's gonna land right on, on the money so yeah, this is yeah. this is where i'm at with this man is um miami's defense didn't give up a lot to buffalo last week now Correct. you need to take into consideration that that game was in miami i think it was 150 percent humidity plus 90 degrees <laughs> out there because the hurricane was just rolling into florida you know like it was just coming in um that's a tough place to play and score Cincinnati on the flip side looked okay against the Jets. They didn't look amazing. They didn't look bad. They got the job done. Um, I don't know what to think here, but I'll ask you this, Matt. Is this a bigger game for Cincy or for Miami to win? Oh, 100% Cincy. I mean, if you look at some of the power ring, he's coming out after week three. Miami is number one, which I think is ridiculous in itself. <laughs> they have a good um, team. But you're talking, you're talking about the Bengals not looking good this year. Like there's no way around it. The offensive line has issues. The defense honestly has a lot of issues. You know, Tyreek Hill came out this week talking talking shit about Eli Apple. Big time problem there. Yeah. Um and I think we're going to see that on Thursday. I mean, Waddle and Hill are two of the greatest maybe the greatest tandem speed threats in the NFL and I think even with Tua not being perfect at times, like he's going to eat this secondary alive. Yeah, he might, dude. And the water, man, I lo- we both liked Waddle coming out of Bama. He had that pretty rough injury that ended his season on that kick return. Dude, he's nasty, bro. And you know what? Say what mm-hmm. you want to say about Tua, but he makes the throws. You know, he's not going to make all of them. He's not a top 10 quarterback. But hell, he's a good starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's doing what he needs to do to win games right now. I agree with you. This is a massive game for Cincinnati. It's a must win for Cincinnati again. Week two, they need to win because Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind. They have a tough matchup this week, and we'll get to them, but he is not going to take his foot off the gas, and they need to keep up with him because with this stacked AFC, I don't know if they'll be able to get into a wild card spot. Now, I'm going to let you know right now, Matt, Cincinnati is going to win this game. I've been thinking long and hard about this for the last since I saw this was the matchup, and since I saw the line come out that had Cincinnati as the favorite, it makes sense to me. Get Miami off their home track. Look at how they looked in Baltimore. I know they had a really, really great comeback, but the defense was exposed. The defense wasn't able to stop the run, and Lamar Jackson was throwing and slicing and dicing all over them. I think short week Cincinnati with more pressure and the home field advantage is going to win this game, not by a lot. I don't know if I'll pick them to cover, but I think they do walk out victorious two and two, they're wearing the white tiger jerseys too, which is always a sweet added effect. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. Um, I, I completely understand the logic that you're showing, and I'm not sold on this Miami team as is a complete unit yet. You know, the offense didn't also look very good against the Ravens in that first half. You know, don't don't get ahead of yourself from a national media perspective here. Um, it, it was a huge comeback, right? And that really Historic. aided to some of those numbers. Yeah. But what I take away, and I will always bet on the better weapons chase is great hasn't been great this season so far mixon's great hasn't been great this season yet higgins you know pretty solid as a number two but that offensive line for cincinnati That's is absolutely terrible and even with a mediocre defense from miami i think they're going to make life hard 
And from a perspective of like at the end of the game, who do like who do I want to put my, my money on? It's Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I, you know, it doesn't matter what field they're playing on. If they can take that third level off and just pop it, um, I, I think this is a trap game when you look at it from a better's perspective. I think you look at that plus four and you look, you look at that minus four and you say, oh, God, well, what am I missing here? I guess it's got to be Bengals. I, I genuinely think they came out with this line just to confuse people. Yeah, and, and I genuinely believe that's why they came out with the line because they know you take the Dolphins out of the ocean. You take the Miami Dolphins out of the heat and the humidity. They are a different team. That home field advantage might be the best at this time of the year. Um, they have a lot to prove to me. I think you're underrating um, Cincinnati's defense a little bit much. They do have a pretty good D. I like their secondary outside of Apple, and their defensive line still is strong. Um, I do. You said what was the number forty-seven something? I do think we end up 47. right about there, if not a little bit lower, a little bit more of a. Dis- I'd say, yeah, say a little yeah. bit more of a defensive struggle, but I think Joe Burrow and the boys are going to come out victorious on this. He has really, really, really uh, taking care of those turnover issues that we saw week one, which also is a big, big factor. Well, yeah, and the last thing I'll say about this game is if, if the Bengals lose, we're going we're to have a deep conversation about them next For sure. week because you and I talked in the Super Bowl lead-up that we we could have seen this being Burrow's only Super Bowl. And, like, this was the opportunity for you to, like, capitalize on that opportunity. Um, that's going to be in that conversation if Miami can win this game. But, you know, I, I definitely think, to your point, great matchup. I'm excited for this game. It's going to tell us a lot about both For teams. sure. The cracks in the foundation are there in Cincinnati early, right? You don't need that crack to grow the size that it is in Vegas right now. You need to avoid mm-hmm. that at all costs because, yeah, it, it can get ugly really, really quick in the NFL. But let's move on here. So moving to the 10 o'clock games, we're going to skip over the London game, which will be fun to wake up, have a cup of coffee, take your morning dump, watch the game, you know, whatever. Dallas, Washington, Cooper Rush. He's going 3-0, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, I'm taking Dallas. I got I got uh, minus three and a half here. I got over under 42.5. Um, personally, I think the Giants are a better football team. Again, football team <laughs> than the Washington Commanders, yeah. formerly known as the Washington football team. Shout out. Um, shout out. I think Dallas, man. I, I loved what Zeke did running behind that rookie left tackle, Smith. Ironically, Smith, you know, because their left tackle always has to be named Smith. <laughs> Um, like what I saw from Pollard, you know, a couple big holding penalties that held Love him back Pollard. from a big game. Uh, like what I saw from CD Lamb outside of a drop or two. Uh, and Rush, man, I I think honestly, like when you talked about comps for Rush, I think he's a more commanding Carson Wentz. Um, maybe I'm just saying that because they're both redheads. But <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Dalton. <laughs> I like maybe. Dallas. <laughs> I like Dallas minus three and a half. This yeah. Game. Um. But just going back to Rush, the poise. Um, for me, the, the story about Dallas, Rush is cool, but it's not the offense. It's this defense. They have a bona fide top five defense in the NFL. Um, if they can somehow kind of get their playoff woes behind them, they could really make a run this year with this defense. The problem is they do have Mike McCarthy as a head coach. And as long diehard Packer fans, you know what ends up happening inevitably with a Mike McCarthy-led team in the playoffs, unless you do have a generational talent at quarterback, which he still lost for a decade with McCarthy. Um, it's all about that Dallas defense. And even on Monday night, I took Dallas, not because... They had a better quarterback, which maybe he is better than Danny Jones, but it's because there was no way Danny Jones was Pause. beating that defense. Real quick, 
Would you? Yeah, I'd take Rush. To... Yeah, after saying it Same. out loud, okay. yes, I would take Rush. Okay. We we Me too. we know who Jones is now. You know, Jones is a yep. bottom bottom tier quarterback. Like he's replaceable. Yep. He's going to get kicked out of town. Hopefully, they can get Kenny Galladay out with him because they're wasting a great year from Saquon. Oh you know, God. that's a whole nother story for a different time. They don't. I, I fuck him. I don't really care. Love Saquon though. Great guy. Um, but yeah, I think this is all about Dallas defense. You hammer the under on these Dallas games. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to throw five picks this weekend. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a route. Yeah, I dude, I, you know, I don't love Dallas because we're NFC rivals, yeah, of right? Course. Like, it's just part of the game, but um, I like what I'm seeing so far. You know, I was rooting for the giants last night. Cause the Saquon's it's solely Saquon. Right. You know, I want to see him out there playing well. And you know, he, you got, you got, corners and safeties rushing as the fifth or sixth guy in the box out of absolutely nowhere dan quinn and as that defensive coordinator it's like you know he, this team will continue to operate at this level until some organization comes and hires him as a head coach again yep. um you know it's, it's incredible to watch his defensive mind when these guys are at their peak right and you can maybe say this is the same for sala out there in new york like I think some guys are just better staying at that coordinator position because they're just so damn good at it. Uh, and Quinn proves that again. The year two of his defense being implemented now, the loss of Randy Gregory out there, right? We haven't talked really about that. He went to the Denver Broncos. Almost feels like it's untouched. That line is almost better without him. My big question with the, some of the concerns coming out of Denver is like, well, maybe Gregory was just a, a product of the system. And I think we were really seeing that system at its highest peak right now in Dallas. Yeah, it's it's a really, really good system. Gregory's been playing okay uh, for Denver. I mean, their defense is the only reason they have two wins, but we'll get to them in a little bit. All right, it's time. Um, I do need to reach out to Cody to get us a little theme song for the segment every single week, but um, is Matt Morris's corner with the Detroit Lions. Week four, give us your hype Detroit Lions take this week. Well, I'm going to be a little more careful this week. Uh, I guaranteed a victory last week. I felt very, very good about it. I felt great about it on Sunday, halfway through the game, and then I got disappointed because they are still a developing team. So this week they are playing Seattle. I've got them right now at a four and a half point favorite, wow. which is kind of nice. Big Over under 50. And the 50 actually scares me a little bit because you know, their defense is a little suspect at times. I mean, we talked about Akuda's performance. We've talked about Hutchinson. Um, they did lose their starting safety Walker though for the years with a torn Achilles. So Damn. we're only going to see that defense, I think, suffer more. Um, but this is at home. And I will go as far as a very close guarantee. You know, I think this is 90%. You should be trusting the Lions because Goff at home plays very, very well in that dome. Uh Swift is out though. So I think we're gonna he see is. actually oh, a lower yeah, score. He's game. out for a few weeks, yep. huh? Yep, yep. No shoulder surgery, but they are expecting the shoulder to take some time to heal. Damn. Uh, Jamal Williams has obviously been taking touchdowns away. Also been very, very useful at that running uh, running back role. Um, and Ross St. Brown is also questionable for this game. So with those two things being said, I would look for that under to probably hit. Um, but also the, the utilization of some of the other weapons on this team. I think Hawkinson could have a really good game. Uh, I think you might actually get out there and start seeing uh, Josh Reynolds play a little bit better, get some more targets if Amon Rod can't go for a full snap count. But uh, Lions, Seahawks, I'm going to take the quarterback here. I'm going to take off over Geno. Um, Seahawks defense is actually better than we thought it was. 
but I am going to take the Lions, and I actually think they're going to cover that four and a half. Damn, yeah, the four and a half is tough. I'm going to have to give some more thought onto that one here on whatever night it is early in the week that we're recording. I'd probably lean the four and a half with Detroit, but it'll be tough. I think they're going to win for sure. Um, as a St. Brown fantasy owner, as I mentioned earlier in the opener, is I think he'll be fine. He rolled his ankle during the game, ended up playing the rest of the game. Um, well, you never know how that ends up being, you know, a few days later. And um, even if he doesn't play DJ Chark, Reynolds, as you said, and then Jamal Williams is probably close to the best backup running back in football. He's he's up there. Him, Herbert, AJ Dillon. I think those are those guys are kind of uh, Pollard as well in a class of their own, you know. So I think they'll be totally fine there. And like you said, they're at home. And fortunately for them, if they do have a lot of these weapons sitting out, they're playing arguably one of the worst teams in football. So I think they do get a win this weekend as well. Talking about some of the worst teams in football, we're going to move to our next game here. We're going to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Um, Two teams that you and I thought were going to be battling it out for the top of the AFC South are now playing week four at the quarter mark of the season to see who's not going to make the playoffs. That's where I'm at with this game. That's how big of the implications are going to be in Indianapolis this weekend. And I think it's pretty plain and simple. My question to you, I'll, I'll tee it up for you, man, is can Matt Ryan get this Indianapolis Colts back, Indianapolis Colts team back on the right page and move them into contention with the Jaguars? I think it can be a competition. You know, if you look at some of the the battles throughout the NFL right now, you've got the Bears at two and one, Vikings two and one, Packers two and one, Lions fighting. Right, that's a good divisional race. Um, this is the this is the weekend to decide. Are we even going to have a race here in this division? Sure. And I and I think it comes down to you know the quarterback play. I was going to say the running back play with Taylor and Henry, it's but not. honestly, it's not going to matter because they're going to cancel each other out. It's going to matter at the end of the game who can lead a, a winning drive with you know time ticking down the clock. And I honestly would rather have the ball in Matt Ryan's hand than in Ryan Tannehill's hands. Um, you know, I, I hope Pittman plays. I think he was also questionable. I think he's slated to play in this game. I'll take that number one wide receiver over anything the Titans have. Uh, and honestly, the Colts defense, like they they haven't looked great this season, but this is they're only going to keep getting better. Yeah. Um, so I think Colts at three and a half. Honestly, I think this becomes a three point game. I think Ryan probably leads them down to the 33 yard line and they have to kick a field goal to win the game because. I, I'm just not sold on him as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they did beat the Chiefs, so their defense did good enough there, right? Um, yep. Chiefs played horrible, ton of special teams miscues, but whatever. Yep. Um, I agree with you with what you said about the quarterbacks. It's not going to come down to the running backs. I think the other thing is the coaching staff, too, is are you really going to allow Derrick Henry to beat you? That's what blew my mind about Vegas this past weekend. Like, you really let Henry feast on you just like that? Did you not watch the Bills game? I know you don't have the defensive front the way the Bills do, but force Tannehill to beat you man like you have to don't let Henry run for 100 yards and a touchdown you know Jonathan Taylor same deal don't let him beat you make Ryan beat you which if that's where it comes down to I agree with you yeah and I want to see I want to see man-to-man defense from the Titans you know force Ryan to make throws in tighter windows don't give him that zone defense where he can pick you apart uh, we talked about zip on the ball earlier. Ryan still got a little bit of it, but don't get me wrong. He's an older quarterback. You know, force him into making mistakes. I think the only chance the Titans have is with coaching. And I think they have much, much better coaching and scheme fits than the Colts. Obviously, we talked about earlier in the season, Colts firing their coach, right? Like, <laughs> right. I think if the Titans are going to win this game, it'll be a, a hard-fought coached game. 
um, and it'll have to be off turnovers. Yeah, yep, totally. Um, let's move on to the Doug Peterson bowl here. Doug Peterson going back to Philadelphia. We talked about this in best and works best and worst last segment. Um, I think, damn, if there wasn't one more fantastic game on this 10 o'clock slate, I'd say this is the game of the 10 o'clock slate, but this is the number two game for me. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Philadelphia, man, we brought it up, but Will Trevor Lawrence in this offense be able to handle this defensive front and this excellent secondary from Philly? I think that's the big question for me. Yeah, and honestly, I think this is going to be a blowout. <laughs> I really do. And I think the, the, I think the line's a little deceiving. What's I think it it's at? kind of it's trappy at six as and well. a half, right? It's at six and a half, yeah. Because if it were at seven and a half, it would, that would trick my brain into being like, no, I think the Jags can cover that seven and a half. But at six and a half, I'm leaning Eagles heavily because I think at the end of the day, you you hit it right on the head. It's that secondary. You're going to take James Robinson out of the equation with that defensive line, but then Lawrence has to attack Darius Slay. And as we talked about, Zay and Kirk, like great at finding open space, great at playing their positions this year. But if you take one of them completely out of the equation, you've got to lean on three and four in that wide receiver room. Are those relationships deep enough? Are we using ETN in the middle of the field and in the flats? Um, this will be a test game for Lawrence and his development this season. You know, playing arguably a top 10 defense, possibly top five. What kind of quarterback does he have in the eyes of adversity? Yeah, man. And I, I want with all my soul to take <laughs> um, Jacksonville with that six and a half, right? Like it feels right. They did lose to Washington earlier this season, but I throw week one out the window at this point. You know, it happened. It's past us. So what? Right. But. I'm kind of starting to feel that as well, man. I, I think this Philly train is so hot right now. And I think Philly has a little bit more to play for just because the Doug Peterson factor, right? That revenge game, yeah. the guy we got to the Super Bowl with, the guy we ran out of town, right? I think there's going to be a lot on both sides, but um, it's going to be really interesting. Now, if Lawrence does light them up for, you know, 250, 300 and three touchdowns, only one turnover and this game comes down to a field goal or he throws a pick to lose the game or something like that, man, um, watch out because my take's going to be beyond hot. Look at this little stock. Well, and I'll say this. I'm, I'm a big believer in peaking too early. Um, the Eagles are peaking right oh, now. Yeah. This is an opportunity for – for them to kind of slow down and re regroup, you know, I'm also a big believer in, in getting your ass kicked earlier in the season so that you can really say, Hey, what did we do wrong? Maybe we were too, too ahead of ourselves. Um, this could be, you kind of looked at last week with the commanders as a trap game. This could be their trap game because I think from a coaching perspective, Doug Peterson knows this team pretty well. Obviously the addition of Smith and Brown, you know, players that he didn't have in his, in the organization when he was there, but he had Jalen. He knows how Jalen plays. Obviously Jalen's development has been, you know, superseded throughout the last couple of years since Pearson left. But I do think that he might have some tricks up his sleeve that can take advantage of some holes in this Eagles team that we have not seen yet. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree with you, bro. Um, okay, let's move to the last game of this 10 o'clock slate. And before we get into the game, this is my PSA to the NFL. And there's no way that the smart, educated people in the NFL have not already thought about this. But for the love of God, if this Tampa Bay Chiefs game is going to get relocated to Minnesota, or it's going to get relocated like it's going to because that hurricane's going to blast through Tampa Bay. Can we please, please, and I don't know why it's not there already, put this Baltimore Buffalo game for Sunday night? Please, 
please, this is the game of the weekend. It's not even close. I get Tampa, Kansas City preseason. (laughs) I get it. But as of right now, they have an opportunity to right that wrong and give the people what they want. Please. Yeah, I mean, but I don't I don't know that they can flex that I, game. Not till week seven on McAfee's show today. They said week seven is when they can start flexing. But can we not get and like, dude, there's yeah. if the game's in Minnesota, no one's going to be there. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it, it's Brady versus Mahomes. I mean, from a perspective of how many it. more times are you going to be? You know what I'm Pre-season, saying? Like, this is the last time, unless they rematch in the Super Bowl, we're not getting this matchup again. I, I get it. Ever again. Just yeah, like Rodgers, Brady, same deal, right? Like we're That's why it was the prime 1 o'clock game. We weren't ever going to get that matchup again unless they meet in the playoffs, which is a big if. Yeah. You, you still don't know. You would think it's going to happen, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, I get it, though. Bills and Ravens. The big thing I would say, though, is like, while it's a great matchup, you're going like the Bills are, are gimping in on a broken ankle and a torn ACL and a broken shoulder and they got an eye popped out and you know, they're coming in really hurt. Yep. Um and the Ravens secondary looks like oh I'm up there playing gosh, doing dude. jumping What's jacks. the over under on that? Do, do you have the number for uh, 51 and a hammer half? Hammer it. Over. Yeah, huh? Oh, I mean if Poyer is out, hides out for the season which fuck it sucks, dude. I love Micah Hyde. Sucks, yeah. Uh but if Poyer's out in that uh 6-round corner that they started week 1, broke his hand. He's out. Um, they're going to be banged up, man. You saw what Waddle and Tyreek did. And I mean, Lamar is, I mean, I picked him for MVP, you know, like he's, I don't know, unless he gets hurt. The kid from Texas is in, in, uh, daily in daily, um, like DraftKings or whatever you guys play these days. Um, the kid from Texas, I think is going to have a big game. You know, it's easy to say Bateman's going to have a big game, but that kid Duvernay Duvernay. Duvernay. Yeah, Duvernay. Because I, I think ultimately, whatever Buffalo has up their, their sleeves, it's going to be keying in on Bateman. Well, and Andrews. And Duver- yeah. And Andrews, yeah. But so Duver- Duvernay should have a really, really good game. Uh, he's a he's a field spreader as well. But I agree. I think Allen and Lamar are going to show us kind of what Brady and Mahomes did three, four years ago when they matched up. Uh, it's just going to be like 50 to 49. This is going to be an absolute shootout. Yeah, it's going to be the best game of the day. Um, I think this is both of these guys' MVP, you know, resume builder right here. Hey, how'd you look against Lamar? How'd you look against Josh Allen? I expect nothing but greatness out of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen this weekend. Um, the, you know, the big question is, can Baltimore hold on? You know, can, you know, if they do have to punt a couple times in the row in a row, can that defense force turnovers? Can they slow down Stephon Diggs? I don't know what happened because they still have elite cornerbacks. Um, they lost Wink Martindale to, I think he's on the Giants now, if I remember from Monday Night Football. And I just don't, it's blowing my mind that their secondary is this bad. Kyle Hamilton, our guy, doesn't look that great thus far. Um, they are kind of throwing him out in the fire. But if Baltimore's secondary can hang on, I think they win this game. What, what's the spread at right now? Is Buffalo, are they favored or is it, is this a? Buffalo is three and a half point favorites. Oof. Love that. I love that number. I'm taking, I'm taking the Ravens at plus three and yeah, a half. Yeah, I feel like you have to. It, it's, uh, I'm taking Lamar. You know, like I'm taking Aaron Judge Jr. off there, yeah, baby. He's going off, man. I agree with you. I, I think he's I think he's going off. I think this is the game of the week. Um I like to watch the Duvernay. Um Isaiah McKenzie for Buffalo has been playing out of yep. his mind lately. And Devin Singletary has actually really, really um he's really impressed me lately. He's he's fighting for that job. James Cook's not look that good. Not good. 
right, so rounding out the week four slate, we're going to start with our team. Um, they're 10 and a half point favorites. They're going up against the New England Patriots. This was going to be a lot better matchup, but it looks like Mac Jones is going to be out a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. They're, he's looking at a second opinion is what I saw today on TV, um, or I guess YouTube, whatever, um, to go see if he needs to go get a specific type of surgery i guess that Tua got at alabama mac jones was talking about it or someone I, I, it was on mac feature today it was pretty interesting i guess Tua got a high ankle sprain surgery that helped recover it in three weeks um but mac's gonna be out the patriots are definitely they're kind of tankers this year you know like i don't have a lot of expectations for the patriots for the remainder of the season they are uh, they're just not that good of a football team and the packers seem to be clicking so i'm gonna be pretty heavy packers here on just our our talk about this game uh, starting with Romeo Dobbs, man, the hype was so real. The hype was, I was texting you every day, Romeo, sending you the clips, sending you the screenshots from all the Packers constituents on Twitter saying, hey, this kid looks unbelievable in training camp. And this week in Tampa Bay, what he showed is the future, man. What he showed is going to keep Aaron Rodgers long or around longer. Um, what he showed is he's going to be the number one receiver in three weeks. Straight up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I And what I took away from this past game is, you know, we had no Mike Evans. So Tampa was already at a, at a negative deficit there. And then they also had no Chris Godwin. Um, so it was an even playing field in my eyes because the Packers have neither of those guys and no one even close to that ability. Right. So you really got to see two teams match up kind of equally. And you saw what happened. The Packers were able to, you know, find a defensive play at the end of the game. But Point being here is I'm really curious to see because this will probably be a playoff matchup or a, a matchup that we're you know trying to avoid. <laughs> um, Dobbs should at that point be a more confident, more trusted wide receiver from Rodgers, a guy that understands his role now and goes out and actually has the ability to play at a wide receiver one opportunity. You know what I mean? Like I think coming out of week three, we've seen the flashes now. And this trust is only going to build as the season goes on. And we've got three weeks now until our next big time matchup uh, or possibly four, four weeks where honestly just target him 10, 15 times a game. See what he's good at. See what he's not good at. Work on what you got. Right. Um, this this to me is a layup. Fox Sports has Green Bay to money line to win minus 500. So. Uh, this is an absolute layup. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to win the game. I It's going to be a stay away for me. Ten and a half. I'd probably take New England just because it's the Packers, you know, and they just still have find can't find a way to not put teams away. Even the Bears week, what week was that? Week two when you were at the game. Yeah, man, Dobbs showed flashes, got separation against Davis, uh, Levante David, and uh, was is it Davis and David? They're, they're two guys out there at cornerback. Um, Tampa's one of the best defenses in the league, and he had a career day. His coming out party against one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, it's really encouraging for the Packers. It's really encouraging for even Christian Watson. I think that takes a lot of pressure off him. Like, hey, guess what? Yeah, we did reach up to go get you, but we don't need you to be that guy. Go be the burner, right? Alan Lazard, one of the most underrated uh, blocking receivers in the league. I think they look good. But as you and I talked about, this the negativity I'm going to bring right here is Matt LaFleur is not the guy. And the Packers are the same old Packers. They cannot make adjustments throughout four quarters of the game. The plan is good for the first, second quarter, but I don't know if it's his stubbornness to not move off of his game plan or his true lack of awareness of what's going on in the game that doesn't allow the Packers offense to adjust and thrive 
in must-have situations in the third and fourth quarter. And as happy as I am about that game, it terrifies me for what is moving forward with this Packers team. Go back to every single big playoff loss that the Packers have had under LaFleur. It was the lack of ability to make adjustments, get conversions, and ultimately put teams away that sent them packing, minus the very first year in in San Francisco when they were not the better team. Yeah, and you know, if we look back on the game on Sunday, the big takeaway that I had was, you know, I was texting you about this, the AJ Dillon I formation straight up the gut, which he had done on first down, I think four straight drives. At what point do you just say, hey, like we're gonna take our shot here? You know, like we've taken advantage of the secondary for the majority of the first half. Rogers had his way with them. And it's the weakness that I've talked about for the last two and a half years with Tampa is their front line is great. They've got Vita Vea. Vita Vea made a play in the game that could have changed the game. Uh, the secondary is overrated and I'm tired of the NFL media circus saying that they're great because they're not, they're overrated. They had a rookie wide receiver pick them apart this weekend. Carlton Davis is a joke. Like he's you, you think he's good. I don't, I haven't seen more than average play from him for years. What has propped them up has been their elite pass rushing and their incredible interior defensive line. And Rogers showed in those first two drives, first three drives on Sunday, how weak they are in the secondary. Winfrey, uh, is it Winfrey? This yeah, safety? he's great. He's great, but he's five nine. You know, he Aaron dropped a pass right over his head because he's too short. I mean, you can't you can't coach height. You can't. <laughs> um, and it was really frustrating to me that Lafleur didn't realize that. You know, at home I'm, I'm sitting and watching the game. It's like just throw it on first down. You got two more. You got two more downs. You got the best quarterback in the NFL. And I get it from a perspective of. Well, if AJ can actually break free and get five, six yards here, you know, the position we're in, but he's going up against Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett, like good luck. Uh, so I, I fully agree with you. It's it's knowing the team you're playing, then that's the issue I've had with LaFleur for three years now. He just doesn't understand sometimes that, hey, this team's weakness is this. Let's attack this weakness. He attacks their actual, um, their strength every single time. Yeah, it's, it's quite mind-blowing, but... We'll move on. I digress. Let's get on to this Denver. Let's ride into Las Vegas, man. Um, I was the, preseason. I think both these teams might be three and zero coming into this game. Two and one, both of them. Uh, Vegas hasn't won a game. This is a must-win game. And what's the spread right now, Matt? Two and a half. Vegas favorite. So they're getting a half a point because you usually get two points in the books for being at home. And let's be honest, Vegas, home field advantage is solid, but not great because you're getting a lot of tourists. I'll let you kick this one to me. What What's your biggest question? What are your thoughts coming into this game? I'll let you kick this to me here because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I guess my big question for you in this game to start off is, does Russell Wilson finally shake off the rust? 100%. I think this is the... Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, let's get it figured out game. Because Vegas can't stop the run. Gordon's going to get his yards. Javante's going to get his yards. Play action's going to be open. And they can't cover anything. So that means Sutton, who him and Sutton, I think I saw Sutton is the fourth or fifth. I think he's fourth in yards right now, quietly, receiving yards in the NFL, right behind Waddle, uh, Hill, and... um, I think maybe Devontae Smith. I can't remember who's number one. But regardless, he's in top five, so they're getting their connection together. Judy's getting healthy. Um, I've got Denver by a million. 
I'm out on Vegas, dude. Denver's defense, Sertan and one safety over the top, they're not going to be able to get the ball to Adams. Boom, he's gone. Is Renfro going to be able to hold on to the ball after he catches it? Is he going to be able to distribute the ball to Waller? Can they get Josh Jacobs getting get it get going? I don't think so, dude. What do you think? Am I crazy? No, I'm, I fully agree with you. I, I'm so f- far out on this Las Vegas Raiders team. It's ridiculous. Like, you got Chandler Jones in there. He's old. You know, doesn't have the same explosiveness that we even saw in his five-sack game last year. Um, you know, Crosby's still playing really, really well, but the interior defensive line is suspect. Linebacking core, suspect. Cornerback uh, unit, suspect. Yeah. It, it, they they got Devonte for a reason because they needed to win shootouts because they knew the defense wasn't going to be there and you're going to have Russell Wilson come in here I think finally kind of have some confidence behind him um, and I, I agree with you I think they're absolutely going to dominate and they're going to dominate because they have Williams and because they have Gordon those two together are so nice you talked about best possible backup running backs in the NFL more Melvin Gordon I don't know if he's the number one or the number two yeah he's and pretty because of that they're just that much yeah. better pretty disrespected right like um he's he's still great and rush trusts him from their time at wisconsin so i'm definitely taking the broncos here two and a half slam dunk (laughs) no problem um i think they probably beat him by 10 yeah i say by a touchdown at least 10 might be pushing it but i I think it touched i know i said by a million but I, i genuinely think they beat them um by a touchdown let's get to the sunday night game here um, this was going to be a banger, but what is it? Hurricane Ian, I think, is the name of the hurricane going through Tampa. Yep. Everything's looking like it's gonna, it's gonna be this place, the game. Um, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do there. But regardless, even if the game wasn't, I, I still think Kansas City bounced back here. If Kansas City would have beaten, um, Indianapolis last week, I would feel a lot better about Tampa. But the, the way that Casey lost that game and a lot of the mistakes, miscues that they had on special teams and on offense, I just see Kansas City coming out and playing a really, really strong football game. And at the end of the day, even with Mike Evans back, I just don't think Tampa Bay's offense is that good right now. They haven't found it. And Kansas City's defense has proven to be good enough to where I don't think that Tampa can find it and get their offense back here Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, if there was a takeaway from Sunday's game for the offensive ability of Brady and Tampa, it's it's just that he's looking for people to be open in those spots right where he wants them to, and the line is collapsing around him. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job, actually, this past week of do, making do with what he had. Chiefs defense definitely isn't Green Bay's, but I, I do think that there are some some weapons there that can definitely be leaned on. Um and let's just be honest, the Chiefs offense is way more explosive than Green Bay's currently. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, no problem here. Yeah, and you make a good point, man. The Packers' defensive line was tearing them up. But, I mean, Kansas City's strength on defense is their D-line too, right? So, I, uh, man, I, I think it might be another rough outing for Tampa in Tom Brady. And um, I don't know, it's really, really interesting. I I know you're kind of predicting him to, to have kind of this crash and burn here eventually this season it's kind of feeling like that might be inevitable. Yep. No, I fully agree. Like they, they do a really good job of protecting him in, in low um, volatile places. And I say that in a way of like preventing injury, you know, when the pocket collapses, he just simply goes right, down. It's right. not a vicious crack. It's not attacks to the knees. Uh, and that, I think that a lot of that is with Brady's presence in the pocket as well. He knows what's going on and he knows to just go down. Um, but this is going to be an all season thing. And I'll tell you right now, 
They have absolutely zero shot at a Super Bowl title this year because of that offensive line. There is nothing that can fix that problem. There really isn't. And because of that, when they have to go up against Aaron Darnold or Rashawn Gary or Nick Bosa, they're going to be either going to be in trouble. Um, but I, I think this will be another good kind of show me game to see what does Kansas City's D line as a strength. What do they do to that Buccaneers? Do we continue to see this narrative play out? All right, sir. Monday night prime time. Huge NFC West matchup. We have the San Francisco 49ers are at home against the LA Rams. Now the Niners looked horrible in Denver this past weekend. Jimmy G's first start. Uh, You and I are kind of Jimmy guys, more me than you. I expect a lot more out of San Francisco this Monday night. Um, They sometimes tend to have the LA Rams number. And I think this game means more to San Francisco than it does to the Rams. So I'm actually expecting the Niners to win this game. I'm expecting Jimmy to have a bounce back. Um, And I think this could be a first, uh, second test for this Rams defense, right? They played really good against uh, the Arizona Cardinals this past week. They looked terrible against Buffalo. I'm still in limbo about the LA Rams. They're defending Super Bowl champs, so I can't count them out. But I think this is a huge test for their defense and obviously a huge test for Jimmy and this new San Francisco offense to see if they can get back to where they were towards the latter half of last year. Well, yeah, and I think something that's not being played up a lot in the national media is the fact that Jimmy was taking second team reps all throughout this, you know, ultimate season until Trey came up with the injury. Like Jimmy's going to have to knock off some rust. I look at last week as possible. Uh, you know, knock off the rust game coming into this week. This is a must win for the 49ers. If they lose to the Rams, you know, the the concept will be, you know, are they now just going to tank for an ultimate higher draft pick? Is Jimmy G done? Uh, there's a lot of narratives that can be painted while you have a lot of very key pieces, Debo Samuel, Bosa, Warner, still playing at an elite level on for this team. Um, and the truth is until Mitchell gets back, it's going to be hard because that running back room is continuing to be a carousel. Um, I think is it Fred Smith Jr. Is that right? For what? For the running back position that they have right now? Oh, they have no. It's Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Jr. Yeah, and then they have the rookie off the street. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even that, know who those kids are. Yeah, yeah, it's the thing. It's a concern, right? It's all on Jimmy's shoulders. Um, I think Debo needs to be more of an asset in this game. This game needs to run through Debo Samuel. Yeah, and I agree with you. And he was more like not even just taking second team reps. He wasn't practicing with the Mm -hmm. team the entire training camp. So, yeah, of course, he's going to be a little bit rusty. There was a clip that came out of him saying your plays fucking suck. Talking about Kyle Shanahan. Um, You know, the lack of Mike McDaniels, right? Is that a bigger piece to all this? You know, was he actually the mastermind behind some of these concepts here that we're seeing uh, in, in Miami, right? I think this is a massive game. I think the Niners win this game, but I do agree with you. If they do lose, man, the you know it's not going to be all all fine and dandy, all love and love and peace in San Francisco, man. It's going to be a tough rest of the season. And and unlike what you said, one of the narratives can't be do we tank because they sold their soul for Trey Lance. They right. gave up multiple right. draft picks to move up for that pick. So it is all Jimmy now. You have to be all in on him. And as long as that defense stays healthy, I think they'll be okay. Well, I mean, that's concerning to hear, too, though, the concept that he's over on the sideline, you know, talking shit to Shanahan, which probably rightfully so. You know, we're going to see that play. I'd out the hate rest of the Shanahan year. if I was him. Oh, and right, if you're Jimmy, thing, though, rightfully would so. Would you hate him? Absolutely. Yeah. But 
But he's, and this is what's frustrating for him, he's playing for his next team, his next contract. And if Shanahan's playing safe, pussy-ass football out there just to get a squeak-by wins like he has his entire time in San Francisco, him and LaFleur are such brothers. They're such pussies. Like, fuck both of them <laughs> for being such soft little babies. You know, you got Mike over here, you know, throwing 75-yard dimes to Tyree Kill because he's having fun out there as a head coach. Mike McDaniels, that is. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting opportunity for for this 49ers team because Jimmy can talk as much shit as he wants. He's out the door. There is nobody behind him that is getting that job. So if it's it's got to be his team. And I would encourage him to command the team. You know, it's your opportunity now. No one's behind you. Go out there and make this your team and make Shanahan really eat his words. And then leave town. Leave him with Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, do you think they're going to win, or do you are you picking the Rams? No, absolutely not. The Rams win this game. And personally, I just I think after hearing that turmoil between a head coach and a quarterback, on top of him having so many few reps this season because of obviously preseason controversy and then Trey Lance regular season, I just don't think they also have the weapons. You know, when I look at uh, when I look at um, Jimmy G, I look at him similar to Jared Goff, other guys. You need to surround him with weapons. And Debo Samuel's just not enough. All right, Matt, week four. We've gone over the games that we like. Now it's time to make your picks against the spread, of course. So rapid fire, who do you got this week? Who are we put money on for Matt Morris? I'm going to go a little bit more conservative this week. I only have three for you. I got a little away from myself last week. So starting it off, I have Chargers <laughs> playing against the Texans. They're four and a half point favorites. I know they've had a lot of injuries, but after seeing the Bears Damn. go in and win that game, I am going to be confident taking the Chargers four and a half. Um, over under is 44. Probably not touching that. Next game, I have the Broncos and the Raiders here in Las Vegas. I think the Broncos plus two and a half is a lock. We talked about that earlier. And then the Monday night game, Rams playing the 49ers. I'm taking the Rams plus two. I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't I don't love that Chargers pick. Uh, the other ones are cool. I like the Cowboys minus three at home against the Washington Commanders. I like the Baltimore Ravens plus the three at home as dogs against the Buffalo Bills. And then I also love capital L love the Broncos plus two and a half and money line against the Las Vegas Raiders. Everybody cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll see you guys next week with our quarter season report. The first quarter of the NFL season is over. And of course, a breakdown of week five. Cheers. Peace. Later.